Hey, this is Michael Scobie. We're so honored that you're tuned into our podcast today. Whether you're part of our Vibrant Church family in person or online, I want to encourage you to connect with us on social media. Just search Vibrant HTX on all social media markets. You can also go to VibrantHTX.com to hear about things going on, connect with a life group, or even get to know some of our pastoral team. We pray this message inspires you, challenges you, and helps you make your next step in following Jesus. Let's jump into the message. Vibrant Church, happy Sunday morning. Are you glad to be in the house? Come on, let me hear from you. Man, I'm so glad that you are here. My name is Michael. My wife, Carmen, and I, we have the tremendous honor and privilege of serving this church as lead pastors. And I, so I'm just glad that you're here on this Sunday morning. And I thank you so much for being a part of the Vibrant family. Can we give it up for all of our first-time guests one more time? Come on, let's do it. Let's do it. I love it. So glad that you're here. We're honored that you chose to be at Vibrant. We know that you could have been a thousand other places, but you chose to be at Vibrant Church today. So you are our, our special guest, our honored guest, and, and welcome to the family. So um, I, really quick, as always, I want to take just a moment, look directly into the camera, and I want to welcome our online family in. Whether you're watching by yourself or with your family or watch party, thank you so much for making Vibrant part of your Sunday. Let's welcome, our, uh, welcome the online family in. Come on, let's do it. I want to take just a moment before we jump into the message to honor somebody very, very special that we have in the house uh, that is part of the family but hasn't been here in just a little while for a good reason. And, uh, and so this incredible man, uh, he, he's a young man still, we'll still say that. He's a young man. Uh, he served in, in the military for 18 years and then he felt like the Lord was leading him to not only serve in the military, but to go back in as a chaplain into the military. So he got out of the military and went back into basic training to go be a chaplain and start the process all over so he could spread the good news and the gospel to people in that are going right, that are fighting for our country. And, and, and it's incredible. It's incredible. So this morning is his first service back getting out of basic. So I want to welcome back to the family, Robert Hyde. Can you stand up, please, Robert? Come on. This is awesome. Let's honor this wonderful man and his wife, Francesca. Awesome. We love you, Bubba. We're proud of you. We're honored that you're part of the Vibrant family, and we can't wait to see all that God does in and through you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. I tell you what, we've got so many great things going on at Vibrant Church, and uh, God is just really, really doing some really, really cool stuff. Uh, we've got Freedom. Uh, next weekend is Freedom Weekend. Freedom Weekend is always one, a banner weekend, and so uh, don't miss next weekend. And then we have Mother's Day. Bring your moms. We've got something special uh, for Mother's Day. And, and, uh, and then next month, we have a, a very special day where my pastor is actually going to come and preach at this church. Uh, my pastor, Nathan Keating, will be here on May 23rd, and I'm super excited about that. And uh, so, yeah, it's going to be just an amazing, amazing time. I want to, you know, I was got to tell you, you miss a lot when you miss one week of church. Amen. You miss a lot. You miss a lot. Everything builds on each week. And man, the, the worship team today, come on, man. I'll tell you what, what an anointing. Jeez. 
What an anointing. Incredible. Uh, so today, let me, let me just kind of give you the background of the first few weeks of this series. We're in a series called All In, and we're going to kind of wrap this up, put a bow on it today, and, and uh, we're going to finalize this whole series. Let me kind of give you the background of, um, of this entire series so we can really dive into it. Um, we're, gonna, we're, we're in the book of Haggai, and it's just a two-chapter book. It's a very small book uh, that is in the Old Testament, but let me kind of break it down. In 587 B.C., the Babylonians and King Nebuchadnezzar destroyed uh, Judah and Solomon's temple, and inside of this kind of took the identity of the Jews, okay? Took the identity, and they, they ended up going into captivity. Um, they were in captivity for 50 to 70 years, and, and so their identity was lost as a people for a while, but then after being in captivity for that long, they get to go back. They get to go back. Well, when they go back, you know, the first thing they wanted to do was rebuild the temple because that was obviously part of their identity. And so they wanted to rebuild the temple and they start building the temple. They build the foundation and they build the altar and then they stop. They stop. They got, they, they stopped because they got discouraged. There were some people that would, that, that opposed them and they stopped for 14 years and the Samaritans were opposing them. And so they started and then they stopped well, then they started again, and uh, it, it wasn't very long, and then there was a, um, a religious festival where people came around. They came around to celebrate all that had been done, and they actually they got super discouraged at what had been done, and so they stopped again. So start, stop, start, stop, right? And many of, many of, uh, of them were in the same battle that we battle today. And the same battle that we're in right now. Uh, we're trying to go all in with God. Like, God, I'm all in with you. I'm trying, but I'm not making any progress, right? I, and so what happens is we in this end up in this cycle of start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. And, and we feel like, man, we're not, we're not seeing it happen like we want it to, right? We're not seeing it happen. It just didn't go like we expected. See, they're saying, man, God, we're obeying you. God, we're obeying you. We're doing the thing you told us to do. But where are the results? Where are the results? Where are we going to see any fruit from this? We're building the temple like you told us to do. Is it really worth it to go all in and really serve God? It's a question that they were asking that I think really many of us are asking the same questions sometimes. I'm trying to live for God and I'm, and I'm in church and I'm trying to do the things that I should do. But life just isn't working like it should. You know, as a pastor, I see this all the time. And, and here's how it works a lot of times in my conversations with people, right? They start coming to church and maybe even for the first time in their life, they start coming to church and, and then they give their hearts to Jesus. And we celebrate and the Bible says that the angels celebrate. And, and so we all celebrate and we do that and we, we have a big party. And, and, and then you start this journey of living for God, but then life doesn't change immediately, Life doesn't change immediately. One guy told me, he was like, man, I, I'm giving up on church, bro. I tried it. I tried it. I, I'm, it didn't work, right? It didn't work. I'm still addicted. I'm still mad. I'm still broke. I'm still messed up. And there's this one individual that I told him, I was like, man, no offense, but you have been addicted, mad, broke, and messed up for years. You expected that was going to change in one hour? He was like, Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, for these people, three months had passed now and, and nothing changed. Nothing changed. Is it worth it to obey God? Is it really worth it? The things that are holding us back from going all in with Jesus, to be honest, 
I'm going to preach the most challenging message of this series today. I'm going to challenge you a little bit. If you are a guest, I love you. I say this all in grace and love, but I'm also going to give you the truth today. Okay? All right? We are scared of one word. Obedience. We're scared of it. We either think when we hear the word obedience, we think one of two things. Number one, we think puppies. Right? Uh, That's what I think. I mean, you think, oh, obedience. Okay, obedience training. I need to take the puppy there so they learn how to pee in the right spot. You know what I'm saying? Or some of you have been really hurt by religious, I'll just say religious communities where they've engaged in legalism and they've used obedience as a bat to hit you over the head with. And obedience becomes a source of PTSD for you. It becomes a place of hurt. It becomes a place of anxiety even. You hear the word obedience and you go, and you get nervous. So we end up on either side of this fence where we think obedience is for puppies and I don't really need it. Or we think, oh, obedience, I've been beat over the head with it, so I'm going to rebel against it. So when it comes to going all in for God, we struggle with that because we want the blessings that come with all the things that Jesus brings, but not the obedience. Y'all may not amen me very much today, but it's okay. It's all right, church. I'm going to still keep preaching. Y'all not going to stop me. We want the blessing that comes with serving the Lord, but we don't want the obedience that is attached to that sometimes. Right? The problem that we walk into with going all in, with God, and I want you to stay with me today. Stay with me. The problem is conditional obedience to God. Conditional. Okay, God, I'm all in. I am all in as long as you hold up your end of the deal. Right? I'm in as long as it doesn't cost me too much. As long as I don't have to change, as long as I get to see the results that I want to see, I will obey and I'm all in as long as I like the results and I'm comfortable. As long as I'm comfortable. But if, it, if, if I'm uncomfortable and it takes me outside my comfort zone or it challenges me, I'm out. I'm out. We live in a world right now that doesn't like to be challenged. If you don't believe me, go to Twitter. Hmm? We live in a world that doesn't like, does not like to be challenged. And it's not surprising to me that this same culture is walking away from God because nobody is okay with being challenged anymore. I'm just going to preach today. I'm just going to give you my heart. That's all I can do. You know, well, my son, I've got two sons. I've got a six-year-old and I've got a two-year-old. They're crazy. They're awesome. And I love them. They make my life fun. And so my six-year-old, every night before we go to bed, we clean up the house a little bit because I don't know if y'all have kids or not, but they like to bring out every single toy every day just to do an inventory. You know, it's very wise, very smart. Um, just to do an inventory, make sure everything's still there, right? Um, and so, uh, you know, for our kids, we clean up. And, you know, for Ethan, I love it. You know, I could tell him, you know, we got some Legos in the living room. Hey, buddy, will you take these Legos and take them back to your bedroom? Why don't you go take them, put them in the Lego box? Okay, sounds good, Dad. I got it. And I was like, man, I'm doing so good as a dad. Yeah, nailing it. And then we get to the end of the night, and I go to his room, and there's Legos all over the floor in his bedroom. I mean, all over. It's like Legoland threw up in his room. 
right? And I'm like, buddy, we got to clean up these Legos because my feet ain't trying to step on all them Legos, right? And I'm saying, buddy, we got to clean up all these Legos. And all of a sudden, he loses his mind, loses his mind. Why? Because obedience was okay and it was easy when it was one Lego to clean up. But when it challenged him, it changed the thing. So it's kind of, it's called selective listening. You know, it's like when you're trying to get the kids to help you with the dishes. You're like, hey, can you bring your plate from the the table to the sink? That's all I'm asking you to do. Just bring the plate. And they get up from the table and they go and they play. And I'm like, hey, kids, can you come back and get your plate and bring it to the table or bring it to the, the sink? And they're like, they don't listen and nobody's doing anything. And then all you have to do is whisper, ice cream. And they're like, oh my gosh, ice cream. Dad said ice cream. We get ice cream, right? It's selective listening. It's selective listening, right? We do this. Guys, we do this. Oh, we love the scripture that many are your plans to bless us, not to harm us and to give us a hope and a future. I love that verse. But, but, but forgive my enemies? Nah, I'm good. I'm good. Pray for my enemies? No, bro. I pray they get a flat tire on 45. Okay. I'll take that part, but I don't want this other part. Right? Oh, he works all things together for the good of those who love him. He, oh, I love that scripture. But wait until after marriage to have sex? That's weird. Don't be such a prude. It's 2021, Pastor. Word didn't change. Oh, Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers. But did you see that post on Facebook? I just couldn't help but, but to comment. I, I just couldn't control it. My thumbs just did it automatically. Hmm? It's selective. I'll obey as long as I'm comfortable. See, partial obedience is disobedience. It is. What we're going to see here in this story in Haggai chapter 2 is that God shows very clearly the, corrupt, the corruptive power of sin in our lives. He does. He shows it. And, and so what happens here is they turn their heart away from God to worship idols to worship idols, and God raises up Haggai to bring and ask them some questions. And so they're a little unique, and I want to take some time to kind of unweird them this morning, okay? Because when you read them, you're going to go, what? Um, and so I want to unwhat them for you, okay? And so uh, let's start in verse 12 of chapter 2. It says this, if one of you is carrying some meat from a holy sacrifice in his robe, let's just stop right there. How many of y'all carrying meat in your robes? Like you got a T-bone steak in your, your silk robe. Nobody. Nobody's doing that. You don't know. what. This is what happened back then, okay? They had these incredible robes, and, and to carry the, the meat of the sacrifice from one place to another, they actually had a little flap that what they would do is put the meat in it, and they would flap it over their arm, and the meat would be in the, the robe, and they would have it on both arms, and they would walk, and then they would bring the sacrifice to where it was supposed to be. So he was saying, is one of you carrying some meat from a holy sacrifice in his robes? And his robe happens to brush against some bread or stew, wine or olive oil, or any other kind of food, will it also become holy? The priests go, well, no. No, that's, that's not how it works, right? They go, no, uh-uh. The modern example is when your, plate, when your hands uh, touch a dirty plate full of pizza sauce, right? Do your clean hands make that plate clean? I'll help you. No, it doesn't. I'm just making sure we're on the same page. No, it doesn't, right? It doesn't do that. Well, then on the other side of this, then Haggai asked, 
If someone becomes ceremonially unclean by touching a dead person and then touches any of these foods, will the food be defiled? Then the priest answered, yes, yes. What he's saying there is that sin is like a disease. And sin is much easier to spread than holiness. Sin is much easier to spread than holiness. Paul said it like this, bad company corrupts good character. He doesn't say good company cleanses bad character. See, sin is like pizza sauce. It stains everything that it touches. And this is, this is where things get really challenging. And I just want y'all to buckle up buttercup. Here we go. We going all in right here, all right? All right, verse 14. Then, then Haggai responded that that is how it is with this people and this nation, says the Lord. Everything they do and everything they offer is defiled by their sin. Now, I want you to notice, those, those of you that were here week one, there's another one of these people moments, right? Okay, God is saying, this is how it is with this people. These people, once again, why? Because their hearts and their postures turned away from God. Their hearts and their postures turned away. They were doing the things, but their heart was not right. And because of that, all of the things don't really matter. They aren't blessed. They're defiled. I want you to write this down. I think they're going to have it on the screen, but I want you to do this. this, Take a picture of it. What do you want to do? When your heart isn't right with God, whatever you do will be wrong. When your heart isn't right with God, whatever you do will be wrong. And I've just got to take a moment right here and take a break. Those of you that were on this side of obedience that have been hurt by legalistic uh, religious communities, I will say this. If you focus, this is why this is so hurtful, this part of the coin, because if you focus on doing all of the things all of the time and your heart is not right, all of the things becomes the God. All of the things becomes the God you worship, right? But instead of having the heart for God and the things follow the heart, if the things are in front and the heart is following, the heart will end up dying, right? If your heart is not right, All of the things don't matter. You can go to all the serve days. You can scrub toilets till your hand fall off. But if if your heart is not right, none of it matters. None of them. I hope you guys are getting me today. I hope you're you're understanding and comprehending. That's why Jesus was talking in the New Testament. He says, I want you to bring your gift to the altar. But if there's an issue with the brother, with your brother that you have in the house, I want you to drop your gift, leave your gift, go fix the issue, and then come back and bring your gift. Why? Because if your heart isn't right, your gift won't be blessed. Your gift won't be blessed. Jesus said it. You know, parents, you know this is true. Your kids are fighting, and one of them hits one, and you know it's just going to happen, right? One of them cries bloody murder like his head done falled off. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just... And they come to each other, and you're like, all right, I want you to go, and I want you to apologize. Sorry. No, that's not good enough. That don't count. I want you to go over to him, and I want you to say it loud, and I want you to look him in his eye, and I want you to apologize. Sorry. Bro, I will get a spoon. Like, that does not count. I want you to walk over, and I want you to give that dude a hug. And I want you to look him in his eye, and I want you to say, I'm sorry. I won't do it again. Sorry. 
No, bro, it don't count. It, don't, it, it, it doesn't count. Why? Right thing, wrong heart. Right thing, wrong heart doesn't count. Right thing, wrong heart. See, attitude matters, church. Attitude matters. God, I'll obey you as long as it's working out for me. I will serve you and I'll go all in as long as it doesn't cost me. I'll do the thing as long as I'm happy. Keep me happy. I want, I want to be happy. Don't worry about the joy that the Bible talks about, but I want the happiness that the world talks about. God, make me happy. Well, I'll do, God, I will go all in as long as nobody offends me. I say it this way. People have issues and I'm a people. You hang around with people long enough, you're going to get offended. That's just the truth. It's just the way it is. Oh, man, God, I'll go all in as long as you do everything the way I want you to do it. Not a right heart. Not the right heart. See, we don't obey God so God will bless us. We obey him because of the blessing he already gave us. For who he is because he, we love him. We love him. See, God wanted in this moment, and Haggai, God wanted more than just a nice temple. He wanted hearts devoted and obedient to him. Hearts that were devoted to him, that wherever he called, whatever he said, whatever he wanted you to do, you were all in. And God actually reminds his people about this in verse 15. He says, look at what was happening to you before you lay the foundation of the Lord's temple. We talked about this in week one of this series. God lines it out for him, right? Why all this was happening. They worked hard and they had nothing, right? They worked hard. They, they were eating, but they were always hungry. They would drink, but they were always thirsty. There was always something more. They were consuming everything, but there was, it was never enough. It was never enough. Before, before you built the foundation of the temple, when you hoped for 20, a 20 bushel crop, you harvested only 10. When you expected to draw 50 gallons from the wine press, you found only 20. But I sent blight and mildew and hail to destroy everything you worked so hard to produce. Now, I'm going to be really honest right now as a pastor. I don't like that picture of God. I don't. Why would a good God stop us from having provision when we're doing everything that we can just to survive? In a time like this, what kind of God is that? Well, we find the answer in the next verse because God wasn't trying to punish. He was trying to restore. There's a difference. God wasn't trying to punish them. He was trying to restore them. We find in verse 17, it says, Even so, you refused to return to me. To return to me. See, sometimes God may not change your negative situation until you allow him to change your heart. What I'm not saying, and I've got to be very clear about this from the uh, theological standpoint, is that thing that you're going through right now that you deserve it and that God created it to get back at you. That's not how God operates. God doesn't operate that way. God doesn't want to get revenge on you. That's not how he operates. But what I am saying is that God allows things to happen in our lives to get our attention and draw us back to him. We're, church, listen to me. We're living in a world that is broken and it is lost. In 2021, we're living in a world where too many Christians are simply, I, too many pastors won't use this word, but I will. Too many Christians are just backsliding and walking away from God. They're simply walking away from God, and it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. Notice, God didn't kill their people. God didn't 
take any, any people away from them. What God did was withhold their resources. He withheld the products of food. Why? To remind them that God was their only source. He was their only source. He's their only sustainer. He's their only provider. Not the idols that you were worshiping. The idols that you were worshiping got you nothing. I'm the only source. God was simply trying to draw them back to them. And before you get too uptight about this concept, you would do the same thing. Imagine this, you send a parent, or your parent, you send a kid off to college, and, and, and you're going to pay for the college, and, and you're, you're giving them money, and, and they're, you know, they don't have to get a job, and they're doing the class thing, but then you find, you see an Instagram post where they're living the party life a little bit, and then you start to see these grades slip, and, and, and you're seeing more posts, and then they have a, you know, an arrest warrant for some drugs that were involved, and some things that were going on, and, and, and I guarantee you, as a parent, there's a line in the sand for you that you're going to withdraw the financial support that is allowing them to continue down the road they were going. Right? There are times where God is going to allow some things to happen to refocus your heart. See, talking with God is so simple. God operates in simplicity, which is why it makes sense that he, that, that he wants us. They wanted to build this temple, but they didn't know how. So we find in, in chapter one, God told them, go up to the mountain, bring down the timber and build my temple. Well, then they stopped and they were so discouraged and we want to give up. And, and so God tells them, he says, be strong in me, identify with my identity, be strong in me and then do the work, show up. We talked about that last week, but then he says, I'm with you. And so stay here, stay here. Now, God has one simple message at the end of this book, and I don't want you to miss this. One simple message at the end of this book, and, and this is more than a completed temple, more than all the things that, that went into that, the building, the going up to the mountain, getting the timber, bringing it down, being strong and, and doing the work and, and realizing that God's with you. More than all of that, there was one thing that he wanted, and he unveils it in the end of this chapter, Okay. They had turned away and they worshiped all the idols. They realized that the strength of those idols really couldn't get them where they needed to go. I don't know about you, but I've been in a spot in my life where the world just could not satisfy me. The world could not satisfy. This, this is where they were. The idols that they were worshiping just couldn't satisfy. God says, I just want your heart. I just want your heart. He's saying the same thing that Jesus said in Matthew 6 and 33. Seek first the kingdom of God. I just want your heart. I'll do whatever is necessary to get your heart. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Church, let me just preach to you right now. So many times we're in the pursuit of all these things, but we forget to seek first. We're in the pursuit of all these things shall be added unto you, but we forget to seek first the kingdom of God and truly give him our heart. That's why in the New Testament, there's one command above all others. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. All your heart. The other stuff is good, but Jesus just wants your heart. You could be the best singer in the world, but Jesus wants your heart first before he wants your voice. You could be the best preacher in the world, but God wants your heart before he gets your pronunciation of the words. 
You can be the greatest greeter. You can be the most welcoming person in this world. But if Jesus doesn't have your heart, people won't see joy in you. You got to love the Lord your God with all your heart. The other stuff is cool, but he wants your heart. When your heart is right with God, you'll start to see the things you do become blessed. You'll start to see that all the things will be added unto you. If you've been doing all the things and you're feeling broken and you're feeling beat down and you're feeling like, man, I just, it's not good enough, right? Why is it even worth it to go all in for God? I'm doing all the things. Maybe you need to put that thing in reverse and you need to go double check if your heart is truly given to Jesus. Because all he wants is your heart. The other stuff is ancillary. God wants you to have a beautiful home. But don't put that beautiful home over your heart for Jesus. This is why corporate worship matters so much. You know, I just got to be honest with you. People look for the church to make statements on stuff. And and I I just got to tell you, I'm not that pastor that makes statements on stuff. I say it this way. Every time the devil has a press conference, you ain't got to show up, okay? I ain't trying to make a statement on everything and all the things. But I just got to tell you, right now, this church... There's a reason why we opened up as quickly as possible. The coronavirus is very, it, it's very real and there's a very real danger and we do everything we can to stay safe and, and, and keep you and your family safe. But this is why corporate worship matters so very much. The word of God, it says, forsake not the gathering of yourselves together. Why? Because there's power in community. When we grab each other's hands and we say, we're worshiping the same God together, Sean. We're worshiping the same God together because he is good. And we sing songs like, God is always good. My situation may not look good. I'm doing all the things. All all my situation may not look great. But God is always good. He's got more power. Look at my friend. and And there's power when we worship together. There's power when we worship together. This church is, uh, there are so many people right now saying, well, online church is the future. People are just not going to come back to church. I just got to tell you, that's not biblical. If you're watching online, I understand if you have health issues or you're watching online, if you're maybe even far away, and we want to welcome you back to church whenever you're comfortable. But I just got to tell you, in-person church is here to stay because there's something powerful and there's something biblical about not forsaking the gathering. But I want you to get this. It's not about doing the thing. It's about the heart. Why do we do the thing? Why do we gather together? Because there's, our hearts are gathered together and partnered together in worship. And there's health in that. There's health in that. That's why, that's why the tithe matters. It's not about the money. It's not about finances. God don't need your money. He created it. He don't need your money, but he does need your heart. God needs your heart and your finances. You want to to know where your heart's at? Look at your finances. It's truth. There's something powerful about it. When God brings you increase, you choose right there in your heart that I am going to worship. I'm going to worship. I'm going to seek you with all my heart. See, it's easy for us to get so distracted in a world today. We're living in a world that's full of talk, full of talkers, right? Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe in you. I'm a Christian. Just don't look at my social media. From the abundance of the heart, the Facebook talketh. Right? 
This world so many times is mirroring, mirroring what Jesus talked about when he quoted Isaiah. And I just got to tell you, if Jesus quotes the Bible, uh, you need to pay attention to that. But he says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their hearts are far from me. How convicting is that, church? Now, I want to be very clear. There's a difference in my message today that I am not condemning any person in this room and neither is Jesus but what I am doing is preaching a word that will hopefully convict you to get closer to Jesus there's a difference in condemnation and conviction condemnation tells you you'll never be good enough you have to live in shame you shouldn't even try but conviction says you can do better because God wants more for you you know, the, God, the Lord told me a, a month ago, I was struggling with something personally and, and, and I kept going back to it and I kept going back to it. I kept hitting my head against the wall and I had a revelation. The Lord hit me and he's like, look, the problem with this sin is not the shame that is attached to it. It's that it's keeping you from the greatness that I want to see in you. It's keeping you from the greatness that I want to see. Jesus sees greatness in you. It's up to you to unlock that greatness by giving your heart back to Jesus. By just going back to the first step, forget about all the things for a moment. Forget about all the things that he's called you to do, the dreams that he's told you to dream. Forget about all the, the ministry that he's called you to do, but go back to the heart. Go back to the heart and give Jesus your heart again. Here's the whole beauty of the book. Their hearts began to change and we find this in, in verse 19 he says I'm giving you a promise now while your seed is still in the barn it's happening right now right now is the time to go all in now is the time now is the time to repent of that sin and not just repent and say God I'm sorry but turn away from it now is the time to give your life to Jesus now is the time to, to, to be baptized in Jesus name Next week, we're baptizing people. You can sign up today. Why do we baptize people? Because in John 3 and 5, Jesus said, you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. If you give your heart to Him, you're born again of the Spirit, and we will help you be born again of the water by baptizing you in the name of Jesus. If His name is powerful enough for me to pray over my salad, it's powerful me enough to declare over your baptism. Come on. All right? It's time to go all in, church. I'm sorry, I'm just shotgun preaching. I'm giving you my heart today. I'm giving you my heart. I hope this is okay. You've been coming to Vibrant for a while, but you've been feeling like God is leading you into something deeper. Now is the time to give your heart to Jesus so he can do the things through you. It's time for you to go to next. It's time for you to get involved in a life group. It's time for you to do that. Now is the time for you to start tithing and see the spiritual protection and the blessing on your finances that you never have experienced in the past. It's time for you to step out of a chapter one experience where you work and there's never enough and you eat and you're always hungry and you drink and you're always thirsty to stepping into a chapter two obedience where you're always fulfilled and God always provides and he always lifts up. Has anybody experienced that but just me? He says, you have not, this is, this is incredible. This is a promise from the Lord. He says, but you have not yet harvested your grain or your, and your grapevines, fig trees, pomegranates, and olive trees have not yet produced their fruits, their crops, 
But from this day onward, I will bless you. I will bless you. If you give me your heart and you turn back to me and look me eye to eye, I will bless you. I will bless you. You will live a life that you never thought you could live. The trees will produce. You'll have more wine in the wine press than you ever thought was possible. In fact, Jesus is the new wine in your life. If you'll give your heart to him, no more faking it, no more just coming to church and doing the thing, no more just kind of getting by, but truly committing your heart to Jesus, going all in, not so we can be blessed, but so we can give our hearts to Jesus and discover vibrant life inside of him. Go all in with Jesus, not just for the blessings, but for who he is who he is he died on a cross for you and I he took the sin and he rose three days later why so he could give us free gifts of salvation and freedom and restoration and purpose but all he wants is your heart all he wants is your heart would you stand with me across this room today right now some of you are feeling that tug and you want to give your heart to Jesus Maybe you've done it in the past and, 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 and you've just kind of walked away and you've done what I, what I talked about a moment ago. You've backslidden away from God. You've stepped away. But you want right now is your moment and you want to give your life back to Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed across this room. If that's you and you identify with that, if you want to give your heart to Jesus again, maybe for the first time, maybe, maybe recommitting your life to Jesus, would you let it be known just by lifting your hands across this room? Across this room that's beautiful that's beautiful that's awesome look at what God's doing look at what God's doing come on that's awesome all right every head bowed every eye closed I want you to pray this prayer with me everybody together dear Lord Jesus I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead I turn from my sins and repent and invite you to come into my heart. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and my Savior. I'm going all in. I give you my heart. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name. Right now, can we celebrate everybody that just gave their lives to Jesus? That's awesome. Heaven's having a party. Come on, that's awesome. I want to challenge you at the end of this series. Don't let anything hold you back. Go all in. And I just got to tell you, church, giving your heart to Jesus doesn't just happen on Sundays. Giving your heart to Jesus is just as important when you show up for your quiet time on Mondays. Why, well, Pastor, I don't, I'm new. I don't know how to give my life to Jesus. Let me give you some very practical things that you can do when you walk out of this room. Y'all want some practical stuff? Y'all want some practical stuff? Let me give you some. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, I want you to wake up 15 minutes earlier. 15 minutes. I want you to start out with five minutes. And I want you to give that five minutes to the Lord in worship. I want you to turn a song on. I want you to put your phone off to the side. Don't look at Facebook. Don't let Instagram steal your joy before you can put your pants on, okay? All right? You put that over there, and I want you to spend five minutes in worship. 
And then, and then I want you to take five minutes after that and I want you to spend five minutes in his word. Well, I don't know where to start. I want you to start in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. One of those. I don't care. All right? You choose whichever one you like better, okay? All right? You choose one. I want you to spend five minutes reading. You don't have to. Here's a, a misconception in Christian health. You don't have to read four chapters of the Bible a day. Some of y'all been reading so much Bible, you ain't comprehending none of it. Read one scripture and let God speak to you. Let him work some health in you. That's where the heart's at. Don't worry about doing the things. Worry about the heart, right? Five minutes in worship. Five minutes in his word. Let him speak to you. And then I want you to spend five minutes in prayer where you have nothing going on. There's no music. There's no children. Get up before your kids get up. There's no no spouse. There's no news. Don't y'all turn on Fox News or CNN and and try to pray to it. Don't do it. We'll try to turn that TV on, that one-eyed devil. Don't try to do it, okay? Don't do it, all right? That's a joke. New people, that's a joke. I have a TV. It's okay. Five minutes. Five minutes. I want you to spend five minutes in prayer. Five minutes. Where you just allow God, God, I want you to speak to me right now. I've never heard God speak. I bet you will. If you turn off all the other voices. That's what giving your heart love to Jesus looks like. I want you to do this every day. Start with 15 minutes. I'll tell you what's going to happen as your pastor. 15 minutes is not going to be long enough. And you're going to go, well, I'm going to spend a little bit more time in worship because God's just working on me. I'm going to spend a little bit more time in the Word because God's unlocking some things for me in my life. I'm going to spend a little bit more time in prayer because He's given me revelation in my life that I've never discovered before. That's what giving your heart looks like. That's what giving your heart looks like. We're not going to sing today to close out, but I, this message was more of a challenging message where I want you to walk out those doors and I want you to go do it. Not the thing, but give your heart to it. Every day, continually, every day. Everybody say it, every day. I give my heart to Jesus. Yes, Lord. Let me pray over you. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your spirit that we feel in this house. God, I thank you for your word that you speak through so so fervently. God, you always give us revelation right where we're at, and I'm so thankful for you. God, I'm honored that we get to serve your kingdom, and we get to be a part of the church that you're building. God, I pray that you would bless every person in this house, every family, every kid in kids' ministry. God, you would bless them. Lord, lift them up. Let them. I pray that they would live daily giving their heart to you. God, so we can be anointed when we do the things. So we we can experience blessing when we do the things. And we experience blessing when we step into our next. But God, right now, we want to live and give our hearts completely.